Welcome to Inspired Wild Podcast. I am Trevin Stolzfus. I'm here with Mike Steven, Shotgun Mike, a.k.a. Bear Ridge. Mike, uh, lots of different, uh, you got lots of different names. Yeah, um, Jay. Jay, <laughs> yeah, apparently you got a new nickname on this trip, Jay. And then Tanner Vernon's with us. He is over there. Uh, actually, what do you got? You're making you up some... Uh, some slumber. Some slumber, because it is time to hit the hay before we hunt our last day tomorrow. But that's not where we begin on this podcast. As I think about these last couple of days, <clears throat> how do I sound? Do I sound a little weak? Yes, but you always do. <laughs> I'm going to turn myself up just a little bit. No, maybe wow, that's you're now hot. I'm hot. Okay. This last cup. Mom, I'm hot again. Sorry about these folks. That's you, the first time in your life. Oh, my goodness. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> Tanner Vernon with the stand up comedy act here. We have some important and exciting stories for you. Uh, this has been an amazing hunt. Honestly. We had, what did we, where did we finish up with the last podcast? I don't remember. That was like a year ago. Basically. I don't think anybody's met Beams yet. Beams. So we basically, did we cover just one, day one? Yeah. On the first podcast. Okay. And forgive us, we were planning on doing this every day, but we didn't because we got busy and we'd get back and we were tired it's hard when you're looking at big deer and not shooting them wouldn't you say tanner mm, not for me i know but for me it is really hard <laughs> i like looking at big deer all the time well let's start uh the morning of day two I don't even remember. I know. I know. It's crazy, huh? It's only been, what, two days ago. And so... The morning of day two, we... We worked first up. First hit that that bull to... Right. We went and, and uh, glassed... I think we glassed up the mini-pointed muley again. Uh, I think that's when our, we first saw the big four... Was that when uh, the guy walked down in there? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. The elk hunter. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we parked up. This is the second day of the hunt. We went back into a bowl that we'd seen a bunch of bunch of good bucks and had passed, had the quandary of passing on that. Um, I think we ended up with 17 scorable points when we looked at the video on that one buck. But he was only maybe 21 inches wide. Uh, imagine, if you will, folks, a mainframe 140-inch deer, but he has 17 points, including his uh, eye guard. Yeah, he's got like 40 inches probably of non-typical. Yeah, just crazy. Yeah. But if he would have been on 160 frame, then... Um, that would have been something that we would have really, yeah, proud. And, and he would have been more impressive. He just didn't have that wow factor. So we were glassing, hoping to see some more bucks move in. Well, yeah, the we got set up and we saw that guy. He's he walked down from the road through the sagebrush, the flats, and bumped some deer around, and that. Uh, that non-typical and another buck I just caught a glimpse of them going over into a draw with a big frame and yeah and the other buck had a really nice frame and we hadn't we hadn't seen him yet and uh, they went to that draw and so we're glassing glassing and I really wanted to get a better look at that buck because I mean his you know it's just a glimpse as he's going over but he's next to that non-typical and he just makes him look like a I mean, just a tiny little buck. And so we knew it's something we wanted to get a better look at, but he goes into the draw where we can't see him. The non-typical comes out and on the other side and just like 
big older mule deer will do that other buck just he never um came out of the draw where we could see him i think he ended up um hitting the cedars and snaking through the cedars and crossing the fence which is on the private land right so we didn't ever get a chance to see him but we decided we'd work around and glass some more country and we did and we uh kind of went past that bull worked around the corner i think that was the morning we walked down the fence why don't you put that mic a little closer so we can hear you yeah mike mikey there i think go. that's when we yeah walked we worked down that fence we worked down the and fence we saw tr- the the non-typical go across the fence right um, yeah we yeah. were looking for that big frame deer and right. he just never showed back up which is exciting because i actually got to get the rifle out of the case yep now i looked really good carrying that i don't know about that but you were carrying it yeah I was pretty, I thought I looked pretty, uh, you know, yep. when, stunning. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we uh, we worked around. There was a really nice pull-off uh, where we parked and we got out and, and, and just got situated and started glassing. And we saw quite a few deer. Um, that's when we didn't, we, what did we see that morning? from that spot um nothing really super impressive yeah nothing nothing super impressive after that after the guy walked down in there um looking for elk um i don't i don't think we saw anything after that non-typical really and here at the motel we've actually got to talk to other guys there's some other guys hunting deer and it's been kind of interesting because they've um we've got to see the pictures of the deer they've shot and Nothing really big has been killed uh, up to this point. Um, I, think, I think after we walked down that fence, we actually went back around and looked up to try and find flyers. And were successful finding him again. Was that that? Yeah, that, that was later in the morning. Yeah, later in the morning. And you're right. And we went back uh, around again to another spot where we were glassing. You and I were glassing the evening before op- the opening day, and yeah, we I picked f- up that buck with I, the two yeah. flyers. Yeah, I found that buck right, I mean, like 30 minutes before you got into town, and then went and grabbed you, and we came back and looked at him, and yeah, we he's a good, good Good deer. frame. Yeah. Um, and he's, when we call him, we're calling him flyers because he's got, on either side, he's got maybe four to five inch yeah he's got like a four or five inch uh cheater that just sticks straight out on his left and like maybe a one or two inch one on his right kind of at the same spot right but when you're looking at him two miles away and you can see that it's it's pretty yeah. cool and he had a good frame on him yep. so we found him again but this is a spot to get into that's a little more difficult you either have to uh hike up because it's like some of this country that's uh, it, it, you got private land, then you have these chunks of public land, and uh, and then more private land. And these deer can't read a can't read a map as far as land ownership. They don't care. Yeah, it's where the does are, and it's where and, the does are, where the feed is. Well, uh-huh. the does are where the feed is, and where the you know the better habitat is. Um, a lot of that habitat is on the, the private on top of the ridge. But it it carries over um, onto the kind of the top end of the BLM, and I mean they're not getting pressured, so I mean they don't care. They can be either side of the fence, but they're all pretty close to that the top of the ridge where the private happens to be. And so we came back, had lunch, and we were gonna go ahead and uh, we were trying to figure out what we were gonna do, and we decided actually that's when the uh, the elk hunter that we that his son's hunting he's from texas and they're elk hunting and you had talked to him a couple times talked to him where you'd seen some elk when you were scouting yeah and uh, it's kind of made a friendship there yeah and it's always good to make friends with elk hunters when you're deer hunting yes and yes. tell them where all the elk are and and then <laughs> and then he texted you a picture of a pretty good buck yeah so we went back to the spot where he'd seen that deer mm-hmm and that's uh, where we set up for the afternoon. Yep. And that was really kind of cool because 
We got up there, and it was pretty dead. Of course, everything was bedded. We knew it would be, and we got settled up and and uh, settled in, I should say, not settled up. Um, and we're glassing, and, and as the afternoon wore on, as you sometimes do, uh, we're on a good glassing point, so we know they're going to be we're going to be there for a while, and and we're joking around and telling stories and not necessarily being real quiet. I mean, we're not hooping and hollering. Yeah, we were. I mean, we were not talking loud, but we were talking. And, uh, and we're sitting right next to the truck. Right next to the <laughs> literally leaning on the wheels as a backstop as we're glassing. And uh, Mikey, as he does when we're somewhere for a long time, gets the cameras out a couple different angles so that we can, you know, B-roll of that's part of the story is the glassing. And, and we're talking about the country and the uniqueness of this hunt and... Uh, what time was it? About three, three thirty. Um, yeah. So I mean, right in there. I'm not sure exactly, but and these uh, these two guys roll up, Utah plates, and uh, had you talked to the, you had talked to them earlier. Yeah, I had gone up the road, walked up the road to Glass from a different spot, and they drove by, and I I talked to them for a minute. Friendly guys. Yeah. And they had just gotten there, huh? Yeah. They, so they'd missed the first day of the hunt. Yep. And um, they pulled pa- past us and kind of dropped into the the little uh, draw that we were glassing where the road goes and uh, stopped. And they stopped there for a while. And um, we were just kind of watching them and glass a little bit more, talking more. And then they pulled off and uh, and kept going. And we're really just kind of not really serious about glassing yet because it's still pretty early. And I remember I turned and I was probably in the middle of some silly story or something. I was sitting and I, and I looked up and Mike was sitting in front of us. We had a camera to the left and a camera to the right filming across. And then Mike was doing some close-up stuff. Well, whatever, you know, B-roll. And uh, I looked up, and right over Mike's head, I see this set of antlers. And I'm not talking about down the ridge 100 yards. I'm talking 35 yards behind Mike. Uh, the, 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 the lay of the land kind of drops off. So we're, we're high, so we're, and then the road goes by and drops down. And this buck steps out into the road and literally frames Mike's head with his antlers. And I look up and I say, that buck looks pretty good. What do you think of that buck? Oh, no, you said, how about this buck right here? Yeah. That's what you said. And you, Mikey, I think you thought I was thinking I saw a buck quite a ways away. Yeah, I figured uh, you were talking about a buck that was hanging out with some of the does that we had been watching throughout the afternoon. Um and you started getting real serious about no 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 dude like turn turn around right now he's right there <laughs> he's I think right I said, there he's right behind you yeah and you <laughs> pipe up and go I, what exactly did you say uh, oh I said um, <laughs> I think I just said that's him yeah I think that yeah you said it was it was the buck uh, that the the guy had sent us a picture of and I said that's him grab your bow. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell when he, when he popped up out of the stage, exactly what he is. He's not super wide, head on. Okay, uh, let's stop for a second and, and explain why you would have said that. I don't know if we did this in the first podcast, but I am literally, I have a rifle, but I, I have my bow. If, if I have a chance, like the first day, you know, if I could have got to a, a buck that was on a doe and we were able to get within bow range I was going to try and shoot a good buck with my bow mm-hmm. and uh, so I have the bow in the in the case in the truck along with the rifle mm-hmm. with us and your first thought was well that's a good buck you yeah. didn't know exactly how good yeah, but I that's didn't... why you said that's a good bow buck I mean that's what your thought was yeah, right I'm like well we should probably definitely get ready in case this is a you know a good enough buck to shoot with a bow and uh yeah i just i couldn't tell what he was just facing facing us because i mean i don't know i don't think he really knew we were there 
either until he comes strolling out of the sage and so he's looking right at us and i could just see his frame and all his all his tines are kind of just in a line you can't really tell and uh and he's not super he's not super wide and he's not super tall he's he's fairly tall but um just not real wide he's just outside of his ears or just at his ears and so i you know first impression you can't i mean I had no idea. Great archery about what it is. Yeah. So I step up, stand up, and I go back, and you're watching him as I'm trying to get my bow out of the case, and I can't even now. I'm my heart has <laughs> gone into my throat, and it's uh, now my adrenaline. This is the first time really my adrenaline has really kicked in. Yeah. I, I was pretty excited when we first saw that. Uh, the tumbleweed buck or the, yeah, you know, the, the non-typical, yeah, the non-typical buck that we, we'd seen, but the opportunity to kill a buck of this quality with my bow, it, my adrenaline just shot up. Yeah. So I can't get the dang bow case open. <laughs> it's a zipper. I have used a zipper. Uh, most of your life. Most life, of my think. life and yeah. multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> And I can't get the zipper open. And then we get the zipper open. Uh, you actually came and helped me and pulled. we pulled my bow out. Yeah, because you can't see into the back of my truck. So you were trying to crawl up there, and I decided just to reach over and grab it for you. <laughs> so just because you're taller, my mom still loves me. So uh, we get the bow out. Well, my quiver's not attached. So then I trying to – anyway, it was a total – comedy act <laughs> so i finally get my quiver on no i didn't even put my quiver on i think i just grabbed an arrow out of the quiver yeah you just grabbed an arrow but i didn't have my release on i tried three times to get my release buckled yeah and my hand was shaking i, I had had such an <laughs> adrenaline dump so then we work around now meantime mike has stepped up grabbed a camera turned it on the buck grabbed his other camera to follow us to see if we could shoot this buck. Yeah, and I'm thinking, well, this is a pretty nice freaking buck. And I think by that point, once the buck stepped up there and and kind of stared at us, he got a little nervous. And so he wasn't running, but he started kind of to skirt us towards the, the fence, the boundary fence, which wasn't that far from us. And he's, you know, he's kind of picked up his pace doing kind of a fast walk. Um, yeah, and then there's you trying to buckle your release. <laughs> and I didn't want to look up and look at him because I knew I couldn't get my release on if I would have been looking at that buck because he's circling us. Finally get it on. Then I can't get my arrow knocked. And <laughs> Tanner is sitting there looking at me like I'm an idiot <laughs> as this buck is walking. And by the time I got that, I start working up. And he steps out into another road that actually goes to a gate that goes onto the private land. And he's in the middle of the road. I, he pauses. I range find him. He's 52 yards. And I come to full draw. And Tanner whispers, if you shoot him now, he's going to jump the fence and he's going to go onto private land and we'll never get him back. Yeah. And I thought, oh, <laughs> shoot. I think you said stop him. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, think I, did. I was afraid to stop him. Yeah, I said, stop him and uh, do your grunt that you've been working on. <laughs> Tanner's been working on this, and he actually, yeah, yeah. He's been, he, he, we played around with it during whitetail season, and, and you actually called some bucks in with that. Yeah. So um, Tanner grunts at him, and he, and he pauses. I don't think I, I didn't, I oh, didn't you do didn't? anything, no, because I didn't want to stop him. Oh. Because you, you knew said, I was going to shoot. You said stop him, and I didn't. I tried because I because I, I would have shot him. Yeah, because you would have accidentally. Uh, no. <laughs> so anyway, I let down and decide I'm going to try and get right along the fence because maybe he will turn back. So I I work up through the sage. Again, it's only probably 15 yards to the fence from our angle. A little further from his angle, the way that fence is, was angling off, mm -hmm. and he's walking right to it. And I kind of skirt up, and again, he's about 50 yards away, and but he never 
at that point he'd never stopped no he just he he and he wasn't pay, he wasn't running he was cruising for does yeah but i think he was kind of nervous cuz I, I mean he was definitely ears were towards us and he was he was you know he wasn't just walking he was kind of doing a little little quick walk but so then he jumps the fence yep and i it hits me the magnitude of how great, how good a buck that is. And as we go back and have looked at that, we realize this is the buck that the, that the gentleman, your, uh, your the, the guy you've befriended, the elk hunter from Texas, that sent us the picture that this was a good buck. He was yeah. probably pushing 200 because his front, we, we actually nicknamed him Beams, well, <laughs> Drummond did. Uh, Drum and Lindsay came up and joined us uh, uh, the next day just to help Glass. Uh, Drummond and I have been friends for many, many years. He lives in the same town, Windsor, Colorado, that I do. And uh, if you don't know Drum and Lindsay, Drummond is a mule deer fiend. He loves mule deer. <laughs> loves. Uh, he just loves. He's kind of like you, Tanner, in a way, or maybe you're like him. I don't know. Doesn't and, matter. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, and he. I mean, anyway, Drummond's the one that Drummond's the one that gave him the nickname Beams McGee. Yep. So we're call if you if we refer to him as Beamer, you'll know who we're talking about. Yeah, and yeah, he's he does have some beams on him, and they swoop up. Um, and uh, we figured they're twenty six, twenty seven inches, which is the crazy thing, because uh, he's also got a kind of a interesting a fourth right he splits on his fourth yeah so on his right side he's got uh a back fork that's decent it's not it's not huge uh probably like 16 inch g2s um maybe better and then his threes are all right and then his fours that make up his front fork are huge they're like 12 to 14 inches and the one on the right is split has like a three inch split at the end so it kind of forks again yeah and he is uh he's wide he's he's just a beautiful buck he's not super wide no he's but but he he's not you know high and narrow like some of the other bucks we've seen mm -hmm. and he had good fronts yeah um yeah and his beams are probably more like 27 28 they're huge so when we'll we're jumping ahead a little bit but when we showed this footage to and we looked at it again and, and Drummond got to see it it was interesting to see his reaction <laughs> and he's like dude why didn't you just get the rifle and dump him right there that is a 200 inch buck yeah hindsight's always 2020 I mean it's hard the hard part is we're you know a lot of times when that happens and there's a quick shot like that, you end up with a buck that's... Because, I mean, you just can't... I mean, there there's some bucks that you could make a snap decision on. Um, and, and most of them would be like 220. Like if... Right. But when they're, you know, 160 to, you know, 190 and it's even bigger, it's hard sometimes unless it's just a huge massive frame uh to you know to end you know it took you 18 years to get this tag where you set on you know looking through some bucks and here it is the second day and you have him you know, walk a couple, a couple in on seconds us. to make a decision right. whether to end that hunt or not right there right. and that's that's hard and for me and i've said this before i'm a horrible trophy hunter and a lot of times when a, a buck comes in you saw it in Missouri Whitetail. Yeah. You saw it in Missouri Whitetail um, last year. Mike, and I'm, I'm, I pointed at Tanner first, and then Mikey second. They both saw it sitting in a tree with me, where I saw a buck. I had three seconds to make a decision, and I grabbed my bow. I said, "I'm killing that buck." Or I did. Or in some situations, I said, "No, I'm, I'm not going to shoot that deer." Yeah. Um. So, like the first, the first deer that walked through in Missouri. And I, 
almost talked myself back into it, but I did say he's too, I mean, you know, I'm not going to shoot him. He's too young. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's easy for me to make that snap decision, but I'm also the guy who's going to kill first day and kill a, a 145 and be really happy. Yeah. Or, you know, or, or in a mule deer, 145 whitetail and be really happy or a, uh, 160 mule deer and be really happy when there's other potential potentially larger deer around so yeah. um when you said grab your bow i was all in <laughs> i was all in yeah. so now thinking about it thinking about instead of having grabbed the rifle it wouldn't have mattered because i could have dropped him right there yep but we didn't know how big he was yeah we knew he was an amazing and he archery. Is, he's like that's a deer that will score well yeah. but he's a deer also that you kind of need to look at and you know you start seeing like okay his beams are like 27 his eye guard is like five on the one side right. and that's the little stuff that's gonna add up add up it's not right. like he's a you know 195 inch three by three so right. i mean you look at that and you're like wow holy cow you know right. he's 35 inches wide and right. yeah you I mean it's not that kind of a deal right so in the i think the thing is too is that picture that the elk hunter sent us was just revealing enough to pique our interest right but yeah. it wasn't a really good picture that we could study yeah that's true you so can. that's why when he shows up you know, we ha we know he's a good buck, but we don't know how good a buck yeah, he is. Yeah, I knew it was the, that buck from the picture immediately. But like you said, there's not enough in that picture to be like, okay, he's a shooter or not. That, I mean, I guess that would have made it different if he had, uh, you know, the buck, the picture is the buck bedded. And all you can see is his head basically above the sagebrush. And he's kind of, his head is kind of angled towards you. So you get, you don't really get a side view of him, but you don't really get a front on view of him. And that's, that's one of the hardest angles I probably to judge uh, a buck by. Yeah, see, for me, it's not, you just shoot them. <laughs> and then you see how, how wide they are. But it, what was interesting too, is that when we came back from this little, stock if you want to call it that um i was shaking i was pretty jacked up yeah and even you know after i got my wits about me i think i uh, i think i i realized that that's this is what it was about this is why i've looked forward to this year this you know this hunt for so many years to have a chance at quality bucks like that yep and we we stayed there in glass for a little bit while longer and then decided to go ahead and work back around and look at that bowl again where we'd seen some of those other bucks and on the way <laughs> on the way over i we look over and we see a really nice 165, 170 inch, four by four, beautiful buck that's hanging with the doe right off the little two track we're on. And I can get out and shoot him with my bow. And then Tanner locks the friggin' door <laughs> and says, No, you're not, and keeps moving. Matter of fact, he tells me, You need to glass out the other side, of the other window. Yeah, it was a pretty buck, really, you know, good backs, dark, um, not spindly, but not super heavy. I mean, I, I would say, you know, 170, 175 type of deer. And yeah, he just had to lock the doors and keep rolling so because i'm so jacked from <laughs> from that experience with beamer yep and kicking myself for not shooting him but i did the right thing yeah shooting him with a rifle there wouldn't have been bad no because no, we could that would have been yeah fine. i could have sh a, sh a high shoulder shot and he would have dropped right there yeah but shooting him with a bow he would have maybe mule kicked or whatever and he would have three bounds and in the private and in Colorado explain the law in Colorado um, well as far as I know as this is how I understand it um, basically in Colorado like a landlord does not have to give you permission uh, 
if you have a wounded animal or a down animal on their land, if it's crossed over from public, whatever, even if it was, you know, 100% legal, you killed it or you shot it 300 yards um, from the fence and just didn't make a good shot and it runs over and it dies on the fence line on private property. I mean, you can get a hold of the game warden and, you know, he's going to help you uh, get in contact with that landowner and stuff but that does not mean that the landowner has to let you uh you know go go take your your deer so uh and and i mean yeah i guess you shouldn't rely on that either you shouldn't you know shoot a buck as he's jumping over the fence just because you think you think you can go you get can go permission. get him later that's you know that's kind of taking advantage of it um and that's why we didn't shoot him. and i just uh, yeah that buck was so committed to going i mean you could tell that's what he was doing and um you know we were he's kind of we were kind of on his on his back quarter i mean he was quartered away um a little bit and we were definitely weren't in between him and the fence and i mean there's nothing it's not like he was standing on the fence line and even if he was he's still on public and you could shoot him but there's just it was just such a high risk and that's the first thing that was going through my mind is you know, it's a high, such a high risk that he's gonna. I mean, if you made a good shot, it's gonna be super easy for him to just hop right over that fence, probably die within sight in the sagebrush. But then you got a whole nother. And it's not like I don't know this. This private also is different than a lot of stuff. I mean, like around where I'm at, there's kind of a lot of good old boys that you know they would probably give you permission and i've actually uh had that situation happen um with a deer that a really big deer that my buddy shot and uh hit bad and he went 400 yards and hopped onto some private and that you know that rancher actually helped us look and you know was all about it and um helped us look for a long time for that deer and that's it's kind of different because this ranch is it's almost like a it seems like it's almost like a community there's a bunch of big houses on it and stuff and i don't know exactly uh what what's going on there but they don't hunt it um there's a bunch of like hiking trails and stuff on it which i'm guessing is for the people that live around there and i it just doesn't seem to me like the kind of place it's gonna give you permission yeah just be like yeah sure go ahead go grab your buck so you know that's like that's the first thing that's going through my mind is that deer is closing the the distance on that fence so. right yeah so we made the right call as hard as it was to swallow we made the right call yeah we didn't shoot that buck buck of a lifetime let's let's be honest for me that was a buck of a lifetime i might never kill another buck or i might never kill a buck that big yeah um, I mean, we've got one more day to hunt here, and then we'll catch ourselves up. But uh, with the hunt, bring it up to day four. Uh, but in, in this situation, I was keyed up, man, after that. And we did the right thing, and then we go, and then there's another buck standing right there <laughs> on public. You know, yep. it, we don't have this issue with this buck. All I have to do is get out of the truck grab my bow which now although it is in the case it's readily accessible put together you know all of that and um you know because my thought when i had it in the case was we're going to glass a buck bed him down and then i'm going to grab my bow get we'll get everything ready and we'll try and go kill him we never could have dreamed we'd be sitting there talking yucking it up and and have a 200 class buck walk in on us yeah so it is what it is, uh, kind of funny. And and the, the footage is going to be amazing because what you're going to see is a bunch of guys sitting there talking about this hunt and just laughing and having a good time and then all of a sudden <laughs> going to, what about that buck? Get your bow. I mean, and it's it's live. The cameras are rolling. It is what it is. Yeah. And you get to see it. <laughs> it's pretty crazy that, you know, Mike, set that stuff up i mean just i don't know how long five minutes before, five minutes before that happened before yeah, the buck it, walks out it definitely wasn't very long before <laughs> it happened because i had just gotten the two angled cameras 
uh, up and on. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll grab this other camera and start getting some, you know, secondary shots. And then that's when it happened. Trevin was yeah. like, hey, what about that buck? Yeah. And that, and you can't make that up. I'm a horrible actor. The expression on my face, that's <laughs> in that video. I, like, well, I can't, I can't just make that up. And I think I even go, no, Mike, right there, you know? And, and so, yeah, you can't, you can't, it's, yeah, it's no acting there. <laughs> The other cool thing is since since that time we found out about third season, apparently the the hunters in third season had seen that buck, but he was always on private. Yep. He had, and there was literally people lined up in that corner. Now, we didn't know this at the time, waiting for that buck to jump the fence, and he never did. <laughs> and then he walks up on me, and I actually could have shot that buck yep. with a bow. Oh, crazy. You can't make this stuff up. So let's fast forward. Let's move on. Day two. Well, that after you, after the, the decent buck that, um, you want to shoot with your bow, we went back and we ended up seeing that big framed buck that we saw. Oh, right. That was the, the first in the morning. That's right. And we got again, good footage of him. Yeah. And then we're driving by and. Mike's like, oh, that's a nice buck. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, he's probably about to like the one we passed. And he's like, I think he might be bigger than you think. So we get out and look. I'm like, oh, frick, you're right. That's a, and he's a, he's a nice buck, heavy, huge backs. Like, looks like he has like 18 inch G2s, um, with big, with big G3s. Not, not a whole lot on the fronts, but he just a huge frame. He's a really cool buck. And yet, uh, once again, we're looking for something a little better because we're figuring that buck's going to be mid 80s, maybe 90. Um, and second day, so we watch him. We didn't even we didn't even think about getting the the rifle out and making a play on him. Um, and it got dark on us, especially not after we just had that encounter with, with beams. Yeah, yeah. So we call it a night we head back and then the third morning and the third morning started off i'm thinking that was uh we went and glass drumming showed up right but he he showed up oh did he show up in the afternoon he showed up at noon so we went back noon to we did we glass the basin again? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think that's the the more yes, we glassed the basin. We saw didn't, the, didn't, the, no, the no 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 he he showed up the day before. Oh he and then that's right yeah and then so then we looked at the footage that night that's right so he had showed up midday and he was glassing up uh, another spot glassing up that's right and that's right yep. So he showed up, and actually, uh, so after that day, after day two happened, we, we went to dinner, and then we showed him the footage, and that's when he gave him the Beams McGee deal. So the next morning, we did we went back in there with, uh, with him and glassed up and saw, once again, we saw the crazy non-typical. Yep. We saw uh, the, the buck with the crowns. Mm-hmm. The big three, a big three point. And yeah, we saw a huge three point, big old frame three point mm-hmm. two that we hadn't seen. And then we saw um, the big four again. Yep. That morning, and then we worked our way back around to oh, see we if saw we that, could. Was it a, was it a small four or a small three that had the two drop tines that mm-hmm. were starting? Yeah, yeah. But that's, he's only on he's, a 150 inch frame. Yeah, he's, he's just like he's a, a young or, buck. Two or three yeah. year old deer with two droppers starting. He's going to be a stud. Yeah, if he if he lives. Oh, big yawn. Sorry about that, folks. Um, So then we worked our way around the corner to try and see if we could pick up uh, old Beams McGee. Well, and the guys from Utah had driven past us, oh, that's remember, right. and went, I think, to check for beams, but then... Um, no, but before they do that, that was the first That was the first morning, and they drove down into all those deer, remember? 
That was the first morning that that that, that I think they, that that was when I think that was drove. when Drummond was here. I think they drove yeah. past first and then came back. Oh, did yeah. they? Yep. So we worked our way back around. We're confusing you people, and I'm so sorry because we're trying to remember it ourselves. Um, and we started glassing from the same point where we had that encounter that, that on day two, um, the morning of day three. We started glassing, and it, we hadn't glassed very long, and we picked up. Well, yeah, I, I almost immediately I saw that, like like a one sixty four point. He was kind of headed up the hill, and I was looking at him, and then like I mean, almost right away, Drummond was like, "Hey, that's a freaking stud right there," and it ended up being beams up on private, you know, a couple hundred yards on private with some does, and so he'd found some does. And we were just wishing him, basically willing him to come across again. <laughs> yeah. And we ended up sitting on him. He ended up bedding down with those does and two or three times got up and the does started working towards the fence. And actually one time I was like, man, we need to go. We need to go. And um, then they bedded down again. The last time they bedded down, it was 60 yards from the fence? Yeah, 60, 80 yards from the fence. Yeah. Not real far. And they'd moved. They'd covered 100 or 200 yards uh, by that time and got way closer to where they needed to be. So for me, I was just ecstatic to fe- the chance to have maybe an, a shot at this this buck with, with the um, – with the history that we'd had the day before. And then the guys from Utah pulled up and they actually said, they were like, did you shoot that deer yesterday? And I said, no, I grabbed my bow and it tried. They apparently could see us and see the buck walking up to us. But what we didn't know is when they pulled down there past us uh, the morning of day two and stopped, he was bedded 20 yards off the road. Now we couldn't see him from where we were sitting because of uh, uh, the roll of of the contour of the hill as it as it went away from us but he is bedded by himself there and they looked at him at 20 yards for five or ten minutes probably and decided that because again they had just gotten there and decided they weren't going to shoot him so they moved on well, when they drove on, he got up and walked up towards us. And that's when all that happened. So they were asking us, hey, did you shoot that deer? And I, we told them the story. And then they were like, well, hey, well, good luck, you know. And they knew we were sitting on him. And they were they were real cool. And uh, they, we ended up sitting there talking with us for probably an hour, maybe, maybe even two. Yeah, they were there for a while. And then they ended up leaving and going and, and hunting somewhere else. And... Uh, they were actually getting really close, and uh, we were getting our stuff together to actually go. We thought it would be a better plan for us to make a big circle to a point to where we thought they were going to cross, and if they crossed, then I was going to be within a couple hundred yards. And at this point, I, I with the encounter we'd had before, I really wanted to see if I could get a shot at him even with a rifle. And, and so um, we were getting all our stuff together and the doe he was with jumped up and Mach 80 headed away from us deeper onto private and he jumped up and went with her. Yeah, and that was was sad. <laughs> it was really we sad. Got, and we had got, also by that time, we'd got a lot of, video of him yeah. and we were able to get a lot of good footage and we were able to look at him and break him down and study him and he's yeah we knew at that point he's how big of a deer he was and right. so that was a we've, heart, we've got him fi- we've got him figured at 198 and a half <laughs> isn't that what you came up with no I, What'd you say? I said 195 Drummond said 200 200 200 plus so you know i mean you're talking five inches there that's you know if you're off on main beams or you're off on uh you know anything it's so he's he's a world-class deer yeah and we're definitely you know 
were wanting to take him, and then off he went. So we were heartbroken in a way, and uh, day three really ended uh, where it just, you know, just like, wow, you make little decisions, and we're having such a great time, and this uh, hunt has been so amazing. We've seen so many deer, and, um, and then that happened. And it's kind of the highs and the lows, you know. Yeah. And then we turn around, and it, it so seems so simple, so easy, and then it becomes so difficult. And the end of day three carried on over into the beginning of day four, when we went back in and started glassing. Uh, same, same little sage flat or sage bull that, that we've been seeing so many bucks. We just knew that there was going to be a big, I mean, just a world, just a, a wall gagger, you know, one of those ones where you w- come in and you look at it on the wall and you just gag because it's so big. was going to come into to where all, uh, you know, all that action with the different bucks that we've been passing on, except that there was like five groups of hunters perched around that and it was a circus on the yeah. morning of day four which was today yeah we went we went past we went past the uh Excuse? the bowl um to go see if we could find immediately beams. Yeah. yeah uh maybe worked his way down back off the private um because we had thought at the end of, of day three um you had glassed him up and you thought you were i'm gonna sneeze <laughs> excuse me sneezing wow you uh, tanner you had glassed him up uh, like three four hundred yards on private from at last light right yeah i'm pretty sure it was him i saw all i could pretty much see was a couple does and a buck that just had big old long beams i couldn't yeah. really make out anything else was- so yeah um we went we went over there the next morning just to see if maybe he'd worked his way back onto the public and uh we started glassing a bunch of country just hoping to turn him up somewhere and with with no avail so we uh we ended up oh we we went back to our point and where we had seen it had the encounter with him and we're glassing again just to hang out for a while see if something would show up and because uh, because we had seen a, a big typical way way off in the distance and we right. were thinking you know maybe we could maybe he'd moved in or something so yeah right and then uh we were there for a little bit and um truck pulled in with a trailer and a side-by-side and they just Pulled right past us, pulled right up to uh, the private gate, and started unloading their uh, side by side. And I mean, we knew right away what was going to happen. They they were just going to buzz right past us and cut through all the country we were we were glassing. So we we said, well, I guess we're going to go look for some other stuff. And that's when we came back around that bowl, and it was just a absolute circus there'd uh, been uh, uh yeah the guys from utah were in there there was there's a game warden that also got a tag and he had a couple of buddies in there they were down in there and then another crew had showed up that we'd never seen hunting in that in that area before and they'd bailed off and so they killed the utah hunters uh that we've got to talk to and real nice guys um they didn't shoot and i talked to them later and found out that they had had the the non-typical the 17 18 points whatever at 100 yards and and uh the guy with the you know with the tag of course he he didn't want to shoot him and then they'd had another decent four point you know within a couple hundred yards and so the uh, the game warden with the tag um he ended up shooting the non-typical mm-hmm. and then this other group that showed up um shot the four point so we just were sitting up there kind of watching all this unfold no, he he they shot the a four point that we uh not the one that we had been looking at not but the big a different heavy one. one a different one yeah probably a 
Probably 180. I mean, still a beautiful buck. Yeah, he had he had amazing fronts and pretty nice backs, and he was real, real heavy, but he was fairly narrow, but he was a really nice buck for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we, and with all the people in there, and then there was a couple other hunters that were, had also pulled in there. It was, you know, that cartoon where it's the opening of duck season, I think, and, and he, you, one duck lands, and then there's like all around this little pond from every stitch of grass, all these shotgun barrels come up and, you know, they shoot, shoot, shoot. Well, that's what it felt like. It felt yeah. like crazy, crazy craziness. So we decided we were going to get out of there and, and go and look at some other country. And so uh, Drummond and Drummond Lindsay and, and us, uh, we actually kind of made a big loop around uh, and we're looking at some of the same country, but from what, another two miles away, but on the other side, looking across and, and uh, where, we, where we had seen that flyer's buck. And we were able to pick up a few bucks we didn't pick up that flyer buck but there's definitely a bunch of deer in there but it's going to be it's a little more difficult to get into and we think we've got a we're gonna we're, we're gonna, probably gonna head into there in the morning um get in the side by side and get up to an area where we can glass some more country and get back in there there's a couple of uh, little sage flats and uh, some bulls in there that you know you can see but you really can't hunt unless you're in there so we're going to try that but that's a different story so we we did that drummond had to head back uh back home take care of his kids and his wife and before he heads off on his next adventure and so uh we split up after that and uh and then tanner uh mikey and i came back grabbed some lunch and and then we headed uh, really to a completely different area um, where we knew we needed the uh, the ranger. And so for the first time on the hunt, we, we, we jumped in the ranger and, and headed up. And I will tell you one thing. It got, I got a little bit, uh, I got a little bit nervous there, Tanner. <laughs> Your driving is, you're a good driver. You're a very responsible individual, but there's something about, we got up there and there was a foot of snow. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were trying to make it up and over this mountain to drop into some country that we looked really good. And uh, well, it was, uh, we left at about 1.30, got up there by the time we got to where we needed to be, it was probably three o'clock three maybe even 3:30 and we ran out of road it, it was unpa- it was impassable yeah it uh basically there's a real large log across the road quite a bit of snow and, and nobody been, else had made it that far there there had been one set of tracks that made it to that point and it looked like some people had got out and started walking from there and we just figured it was it was too late in the day for us to make that that jaunt on on foot well and i'm getting to that point where i'm feeling stressed because i know i have to you know if it's second day and you're like okay well let's just go give this a try and see what happens well you got the next day well we don't have a lot of time left and uh, we were looking at the onyx maps and well how much we'd have to climb and then drop over and then if we saw something we knew it was going to be a ways away and then to make a play before dark i mean there was all these factors and i i kind of just made the i don't know executive decision if you want to call it that it or whatever that we'd be better off if we just stayed moving and just so we got we kind of got back in the in the ranger and got out of the snow and to where we could move through and just glass a bunch of bunch of country and and before we had made it up to that point where we decided to turn around we had actually run into run into some deer yeah. in the heavy uh, the pine timber. timber yeah and we were getting pretty excited cuz we were starting to think that maybe we were running into some some animals that hadn't been seen yet yeah or or you know people hadn't been pestered or whatever um well, Tanner I I was kind of blown away by how how few deer we saw. Yeah. Um, 
What the heck? Why I would you take me on f- a wild goose chase? That's well, my fourth day. Because the last day is going to be so epic. I didn't really want us to shoot one on the second to last oh, day. Oh, okay, that makes sense. No, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why that country didn't hold more deer. I think the place we were trying to get to um, would probably have been really, really good. Uh, we hit a different part of that ridge that you can drive to easily, and I think a lot of people did. But there was deer everywhere. Um, in the couple of days that I looked at it. And then when we went, there was quite a few and there just hadn't been a, a big buck um, show up. And so if we were able to get over the top, um, I think we'd have been able to see one, we'd have been able to see a ton of country, a um, bunch of little aspen pockets with sage. And uh, and then too, I mean, that, that is just it was just holding a lot of deer. So I think it would have been really good. And then when we turned around and went down and we hit kind of the line where the uh, aspens give way to the sage and that and some bitter brush and stuff and that stuff just looks super good it also. It did and, I, and we didn't see but three deer Yeah, in and, all of that country. And I don't know why. I, I mean, I saw deer scouting um, through their before season i i didn't see a ton but i saw a couple good bucks and and does and everything down in there and i don't know if it's just been hammered with you know people been hammering it or what what's going on well and and you know not not to drag day four out but i i have to admit that i am feeling pressured like i'm i'm at that point where i feel like i gotta make something happen so tomorrow last day we're going to get back to this uh some country that that is hard to get to um but we know it's holding a lot of deer because we've glassed it from uh about two miles away and we've seen deer in there every time and hopefully we have a chance to as we go through we're gonna uh, be able to glass some of that country that we saw beams beam mcgee beams mcgee in and uh and work on through to that country and, and we're gonna we're gonna give this last day uh just as much effort as we gave the first day oh yeah and uh you know i'm i'm a little bit uh i was on a pretty 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 excited pretty high high if that makes sense like like the ultimate high in the first three days because of the quality of deer we saw quality of bucks we saw and the amount and day four kicked me right into gonads. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've been punched in the in the in the old throat. So um, so we're gonna get a good night's sleep tonight. It's been an incredible hunt. I cannot I cannot even stress what an amazing adventure this has been. And I'm so glad I was telling the guys earlier today that I was so glad that Tanner uh, encouraged me not to shoot some of the bucks I would have normally shot because I would have missed out on the adventure that is, you know, uh, some of the other things that have happened. If I would have the first day shot that non-typical or, you know, shot that that crown buck that lo- that's kind of cool looking but, you know, won't score 160 inches. Uh, you know, those are bucks that I would shoot in a heartbeat because, um, well, because if a buck looks good to me, and they all do, um, you know, I, I don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I'm not a big uh, score guy. I, I don't mount everything I shoot. But I did, uh, I, and I have had an amazing experience, well worth the 18 years it has taken me to draw this tag. And I wouldn't have that if if I would have killed the first day or even the second day. So, um, you know, we're going on into the end. Uh, I, I even feel that if it doesn't work out tomorrow, if I don't get uh, the a shot at the one, you know, that 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 buck that really gets my heart pumping, um, I don't. I feel like we have had a amazing, successful adventure. And the difference is, I don't come home. Uh, from the hunt and people ask me well did you did you get one no i didn't get one 
what I what I come home with is no, I didn't shoot one, but but look at all this footage, look at this story, look at this adventure that I can I can put together and share, and it's still incredible, and people can get the the grasp of what why we do what we do, and w- what's so cool about it. Now, I say that because uh, that's truth. What I feel is like, man, I'm gonna. I want so much a chance, either at Beamer or that big non, uh, that big typical that we saw, or Flyer Buck, or you know any of these. If I get a chance and shot at one of those, I'm gonna be, I'll be stoked. Yeah, but it's been great. It's been great, and uh, hopefully, hopefully this won't be the last podcast on our Colorado Mueller adventure. Hopefully we'll be tuning in tomorrow night, tired and bloody. But uh, if not, uh, we'll we'll give you an update to what happens and how the hunt uh, f- has uh, played itself out. Guys, anything else to add? I don't know, just nothing. I guess stay tuned for the next podcast because we're going to talk about shooting a big old buck. There you go. Yeah, it's going to happen tomorrow. I can I can feel it. We're we're hitting nuggets. some. We're we're gonna, we're gonna hit some country tomorrow. That's we not, know it holds deer. Not necessarily untouched, but but we know there's deer over there. So and there's big deer over there. Well, I hope you en- are enjoying following along on this adventure. And as always, we want to encourage you to find your wild, embrace it, regardless of where that is or where you're at. Get out, enjoy it. God bless, and we'll see you down the trail.